Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hi, this is Candace King. Welcome to a Super Bloom podcast. Did you know that this week, yep, this week, right now, today, this entire week is actually Mental Health Awareness Week. And if you've been listening to this podcast, then you know that I really love to talk about mental health, mental illness, awareness at all times. I've had some really, really powerful, impactful conversations that I, I felt personally impacted by on this podcast. Friends of mine and, and strangers who have become friends opening up about their experiences with their own personal mental health journey, their mental illness journey. And so even though this is a conversation that should be happening all year round because it is so silly that mental health and mental illness is still stigmatized in 2023. I mean, it's just silly. There are many other words I could use for silly right now, but I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep it friendly and use the word silly. But you know what? I just want to take the time to really lean in. Let's lean in this week. And I could not imagine better guest to talk about mental health and mental illness with than the host of the Brains podcast. And that is Brains, AAA Brains. If you've not heard the Brains podcast, highly recommend it. Led by sisters Heather and Sarah, Heather and Sarah talk about disabilities portrayed on screen as they both work in the entertainment industry. Heather and Sarah have been talking about mental health and their own brains for their whole life. So they started the Brains Podcast. And specifically this week, the Brains Podcast created a three-part series for mental health in honor of Mental Health Awareness Week 2023. This three-part series will explore mental illness, the barriers that can block your journey to good mental health, how stigmas, a diagnosis, and disclosure are represented on film and television, and how they can be navigated in real life. What I love about The Brain's podcast is that it truly makes people feel less alone and gives them the opportunity to question the representation they see on screen, and if they have the power to do so, help create and advocate for more accurate and authentic representation because as we all know representation matters so without further ado welcome to my conversation with sisters heather and sarah of the brains podcast 
Are you guys home? Are you guys traveling at all? I'm home in Edmonton, Alberta. Yeah, I'm in Toronto right now. Nice. Yeah. Very nice. I am in a what we have called a fort room <laughs> because I am in the middle of a home renovation. So I am sleeping with twinkle lights and blanket forts. Oh, like I like the grown it. up that I am. Yeah, it's like <laughs> magical. Know? I love that. So magical. Well, you guys are sisters. Who's the older sister? Who's the younger sister? I'm the, the older sister. sister. Oh my goodness. Have you guys always been close? You we before we got on the mic and started recording, you said you guys like to dress alike, which <laughs> I'm assuming just so happens happening. naturally. This isn't like a, the shining kind of thing, no, right? It ha- you guys it don't- <laughs> happens naturally or or it'll be like, Oh, I like that outfit. Yeah. And then I'll be like, Is it okay if I get it too? And then either of us are like, Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah. So I think I bought that shirt first. What? No. But I bought is- it when I was in LA. But this is my brand. So well, it's our can. brand now. <laughs> Whatever, whatevs. Anyway, it is. We, it's good. Yeah, we're we're close, <laughs> close, but also like when we were younger, we were very. Let's say we we like to fight. <laughs> when we were younger. We got close once Heather moved out. <laughs> Isn't it funny how that happens? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't live together. We, we shouldn't live together. We're not good at living together. But we nope. we get along great, and we yeah. you know do a, we host a podcast together, and it, it works really well. So we've only gotten to a few fights. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> That is impressive. Well, not only do you guys host a podcast together, the Brains podcast, you guys also both work in, you know, this creative entertainment industry. So you guys have obviously beyond just being blood related and, you know, (laughs) genes in common. You guys also have a lot of of a lot in common, Uh specifically also your podcast where you guys both talk about mental health, which I love, I love talking about mental health. I also think that it is insane. We have not destigmatized mental illness. It is beyond, like, I don't understand how we can, like, talk about any other kind of illness on any other parts of the body on, like, bended knee and Mm -hmm. honor it. And then the second anyone wants to talk about the brain, they're like, oh, nope, we don't get it. So it's scary and it's bad and we don't know how to deal with it. So for the listeners, can you guys, you know, kind of introduce like why you wanted to create a podcast specifically about mental health and how it also ties into, you know, why did, why did you guys want to talk about mental health and mental illness? How does that relate to you? Heather and I always talk about our brains. Like we've always done it. You know, we've dealt with mental health, different issues and things throughout our lives. And we have family members who deal with mental illness. So it's always been a topic of conversation for us to just like, hey, I've discovered this thing in therapy or whatever it is. And one day we're like, we should do a podcast about something around this, but we don't want it to just be like, hey, we're two people that want to talk about, you know, like we wanted to connect it to what we do. And and, and we film and television is something that we've grown up loving and now do as a living. And we know that when we see ourselves represented on screen, it changes everything. And so we thought we need to talk about this, how we can represent mental health and disability better on screen and and how to kind of unpack some of the things that we're afraid to talk about. Like we did one on dissociative identity disorder. And like, how often do we talk to somebody who has that? Like, I've never met somebody because people hide. Right. So anyway, that is why we wanted to, to do what we do. Yeah. And I think just to I think the more that we share our own personal experiences as well, the more we've had people come to us, whether it's like people we don't know, strangers or friends and say, because you talked about it, Mm -hmm. because I heard someone else talk about this, I feel comfortable going to a therapist or a doctor or I feel about comfortable opening up publicly about this. Or sometimes I'll have people just come and disclose to me and say, I'm not comfortable talking about it in public, but I want to talk to someone about it. And I think by having these very candid conversations and really talk about real lived experiences, we start to look at actually how much similarity there is between everything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like we realize how much dopamine plays a part (laughs) (laughs) in so many things. And I'm like, damn you, dopamine. Why do you love to be such a jerk? (laughs) So I I think it's just that's what we really want to do. And we we ourselves in the work that we do are trying to destigmatize mental illness and mental health and disability in our work. And we really want others to not just look at, oh, I saw this television show once in the 90s about X and now I'm going to write about, oh, that's how 
I'm going to think about that thing. And you're like, no, 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 no. Like, (laughs) we're just like perpetuating the same stories that aren't true. So let's like actually hear from people and and give resources to those writers and directors and other people, as well as just everyday people to both investigate who they are and what they're experiencing and also the responsibility they have to what we see on screen. Mm-hmm. I think I mean Claire Danes, who is mm-hmm. incredible and she's in ta- and she's very talented. But what I'm blanking on the name of the show where she struggles with mental illness, but also is like saving the world yeah. and like puts the red the red tape everywhere and is like figures it out. But she has to be manic in order to be do it. And like that's her superpower. Mm-hmm. And also like that's not how I don't know if the actual disorder, if they named it in, in the show. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? No, I think she has PTSD. But she okay. does have. But she has. Does she bi- bipolar? bipolar I think is it bipolar disorder? It. Yeah. Because yeah. I, yeah, I think. And I remember thinking like, oh, that that's what it must be. When it's just so far from the truth that that's not how it presents for everybody. Mm-hmm. It does not all of a sudden mean that that's how like someone, you know, if you, if you have bipolar disorder, suddenly you're just like, well, I guess I'm going to go and save the world and have a <laughs> like, <laughs> that's the only yeah. way we see it in society. It's like it's I, I think it is you know, just to your credit that it's so important to not have just like this fictionalized version mm-hmm. of something that is actually very, very common. It is so common that there are commercials for it all the time. This mm-hmm. is not some like one in a million chance. Mm-hmm, like this yeah. is a very common like illness that whether you whether so, you know someone who suffers it or you suffer, you, there's someone connected. It's mm-hmm. like six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Like, when, <laughs> totally. like you're going to exactly. know someone. <laughs> yeah. But also back to dopamine. Now I'm like, I'm just because otherwise I'll forget, you know, my mom brain that that's my what I'm trying to deal with on a daily basis <laughs> right now. But what have you learned about dopamine? Because I feel like even with that, I'm like, oh, yeah, everyone has like a general joke of like, I need a dopamine hit or just yeah. like, you know, what what is what do we need to know about dopamine or do you even have like a two sentence thing of like a book we should read about dopamine? <laughs> I think it's more just a, a discovery of like every time we talk to someone. So we talk to a, a, a neuroscientist about stuttering. Mm-hmm. Dopamine is part of has an effect on stuttering. We talk to someone about Tourette syndrome and dopamine is the thing behind that. I have ADHD very dopamine deficient. And so I think we just realize more and more and we're like, oh, the chemicals in our brain and the way that our brain are, brains are formed have, we just kind of think of one thing as being like the idea of serotonin mm-hmm. or like all, but they all play against each other. And I think for us, there's no book. I've not ever read a book about just dopamine. That would be cool. Dope, the doping, oh, whatever. I can't think about <laughs> really something clever. We'll work on it. We'll workshop it. Yeah, we'll exactly. workshop it. Let's workshop it. But I think that when you start to dig in and actually look at all of these different things, how much, yeah, little things in the brain can affect you differently and dopamine is definitely a big one for a lot of people. But yes, there's a lot of things that get into slang like that. You're like, oh yeah, I need that dopamine hit. I'm like, yes, every day, every moment. I need that <laughs> My brain likes to just take it away before I can use it. And I'm like, hello, wait, I need, I need it. more. Please bring it back. And so thankfully, ho- thankfully, medication can be very useful. But yeah, there's it just affects so many people in different ways. Yeah. And it just depends on how your brain is formed. And mine just really likes to eat a lot of dopamine before I get to use it. Well, I'm definitely going to do a deep dive on dopamine <laughs> after this. What I also think is interesting is I've realized now in adulthood that I just did not grow up with a, I didn't grow up in a setting in which mental health was really talked about. And funny enough, my dad's a doctor. He's a, but he's a cardiovascular surgeon. So I had very big understanding of physical health. Mm. You know, I understood Uh, You know, there was a lot of attention to other parts of the body, but like talk about like therapy wasn't really Mm -hmm. big, you know, Mm -hmm. like I by the time I moved out, I kind of I had friends that went and saw therapists and I was like, oh, this sounds cool. You have to sit down and listen to me for an hour and I don't feel (laughs) guilty for talking your ear off. Sign me up. Take all my money. Um, But I loved it. And I and I Mm. did feel you know, uh, I just, it really helped me. It helped me understand Mm -hmm. the, I put words to feelings that I couldn't Mm -hmm. make sense of, but that was not something that I grew up around. And I also had to really grow my vocabulary when it's come to understanding, you know, people that I've gotten to know or people I've been lucky enough to talk with about, you know, hearing about things that they 
you know, learning about ADHD and learning mm-hmm. about, you know, different disorders and bipolar disorders and and not using it as kind of this like flippant way that we can also do in society, but really mm-hmm. understanding it. But you guys started this by saying that like even when you were kids and that you guys grew up with family members who were open about the fact that they struggled with mental illness or you kind of grew up with an idea of knowing what that meant. Yeah. yeah. Could you kind of expand on that a little bit? Because that's not the case for so many people who are trying to catch up later in life. I feel really lucky in a way that our mother was super curious with what was happening in her brain and was able to get, she actually discovered she had an anxiety disorder because of Donahue by watching, yeah, a talk show. And there was this Australian doctor that was on Donahue and named what she was dealing with. This is like back in, I don't know, the 80s or something. So for our mother to live through life, like, you know, she was a grown grown human at that state and didn't know that all of her life she was dealing with anxiety. And and it was crippling at times. And so we kind of we saw the the low parts and we saw the high parts. And then when I, as a young child, I think maybe I was 10, started showing signs of anxiety, my mom was quick to take me to a therapist as a young child. And like I so I, I had tools as a little kid to like I remember wearing a T-shirt that said, be a panic attacker. And it was this little this little kid sticking their tongue out at a dragon. So the dragon. Yeah. And so I would if I ever felt uncomfortable or anxious or scared, I'd put on my be a panic attacker shirt. And so as as much suffering as my as our mother, geez, as our <laughs> mom had in her life, like she gave me a nugget of hope that I could like be bigger and do more and exist in the world with anxiety. So thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's been interesting because like I was the oldest, so I I really took a role of being a second parent in our home. So I had a different experience. Yeah. (laughs) But I think like we went to therapist first, a family therapist when I was 11. And so I remember not enjoying that experience. And then when I, because I was diagnosed with ADHD as an adult, but as a kid, like I was a, they call it a twice exceptional. So I was very bright I was very good at school, but I was very good at also like convincing people to give me like extensions because whatever, I could talk my way through anything. I was, (laughs) woof, those teachers were very kind. (laughs) But I remember skipping school, I was in grade eight and I go home and read. Like I wasn't like going and doing dangerous stuff. I was going to my bedroom and reading because I was so bored at school and my mom told the school on me and said, you need to help my daughter. She's not going to school. And then they realized I'd missed a month of school, but I was a straight A student. And so not in a row, like, but very over a short period of time. So I remember having to go to a therapist at the school, but I never felt safe to tell them about what we were experiencing at home, which wasn't bad, but just like difficult. Mm -hmm. And also because I'm like, that doesn't always bode well. We had seen experiences. I remember again, like when I was like 12, my mom was, she had a, she, my, we have a, another sister and she, they basically sued for custody saying my mom wasn't fit because of her, her mental state. And I remember reading that document. Your, your father or you had no, other family it's a members? different family. So we have a third sister with a different dad. And so that yes. family okay. reached out. And I remember thinking like, if we tell anyone this could be really bad. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, to me, therapy, therapists were dangerous if I actually told them. And also, they just didn't understand me. I, I realized no matter what I said, they were going to think that I had anxiety and I wasn't anxious. They'd think like I, they would paint a picture of me based on my family. And also, if I said much about my family and said what we were, what I was experiencing, I felt like that could be dangerous and we could be taken away. And so for me, it took me to being an adult to start to really realize that you need to find the person that you trust. Not all therapists are the right therapists, but also just like there is unless you can tell them really what's happening. And which for me was like later on figuring out I have ADHD. And when I came in, I was like, here is my two page list of everything. And then finally, someone really heard me. Because before then, I never felt heard. I always felt painted by a brush that wasn't a color that I should be wearing. And that's kind of how I felt about therapy until I really found someone who I could trust, not only trust, but also 
really looked at what was going on and, and to understand that, yes, you had childhood trauma. Yes, you have ADHD and these all affect the way that you see and experience the world. And now let's create better environments for you. And to me, that was like the, that was a long journey, but also like so informative to how I would, you know, see myself. And it took a long time to not feel ashamed of being able to, for being who I was. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you guys feel that you saw that shift in your mother when she saw that news program that afternoon, you know, TV episode that it when the lights kind of came on? Was it an immediate shift or did it take more time? It's, yeah, it took, yeah, it took a lot of time. I was time. like, I think I was only one. Like, I we yeah, like a little baby. So, yeah, it, I don't there was she did have a huge shift, though, because our yes. mother used to be housebound and now she's not. So like there was, but it took a lot of time. Like she did a lot of internal work and there's yeah. things that shifted. And then, but I think for Heather, if you don't mind me, I mean, sure. I have a thought. <laughs> <laughs> I think for you, because you, you were so smart or you are so smart and that didn't change. You're so intelligent <laughs> that you saw some suffering and were like, I can't, I can't go down that road. I need to be strong. I need to take care of my family. Yeah. And you just took that role on. Because you could see, you could see like, I think it's a partly your ADHD brain. You could see all the spider webs of how things could go. Yes. And like, that doesn't mean that's where they're going to go. But you had like, okay, well, this, if this happens here, then this outcome over here and this could mean here and this and this. Yeah. And it, you wanted to make sure you could stay in control and make everybody safe. And that's yes. the role you've taken in the family. And I feel like it's admirable and I appreciate your love and support through my whole life <laughs> but I think the weight needs to get off those shoulders now and we need to just like be able to enjoy life together as a family without you having to worry anymore <laughs> anyway a little therapy is, session here is your, <laughs> I, your mom's still with us yeah. yes? yes 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 just generally generationally we it feels as if and I could be wrong but it does feel as if like what like our it's like our parents' parents' generation was the one that like didn't talk about anything. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then 100%. our parents' generation, like 
maybe kind of eventually started talking about things, but only in a way that like still looked pretty. Yes. You know, still yeah. wrapping it up in a bow. Yeah. Yep. You know, maybe talking about it amongst family, but that's it. Mm-hmm. 100%. And then our generation is like, let's get in front of microphones <laughs> and really <laughs> fucking talk about let's it. unpack everything. Let's unpack everything. <laughs> oh my and we've yeah. just like blown the lid off of all of it. Yep. But, you know, I... I, I, for any kind of older generation, for any generation that did grow up with parents who were maybe struggling and didn't have the emotional support, didn't have the medical support, or even the general societal understanding of something that was quite fixable, you know, with the right care, Mm -hmm. you know, it, it, we look back and realize like so much of the responsibility then kind of fell to the children to kind of, you know, have it together you know I have you kind of dug into that as well like do you feel like that's played uh, I mean even just kind of speaking with you guys now like we all go through the experience of realizing that our parents are not superheroes but when you've also (laughs) had to make peace with like you know what is something that was their responsibility and what what can you then give them grace on where Mm -hmm. they just weren't able to be a traditional parent like that you would see in other ways like how have you kind of reckoned with that because I feel like that has come up in so many adult conversations that I've had I'm personally so I've always been so proud of our of our mom because she like normalized our life as much as possible (laughs) so the days that we couldn't she couldn't get out of bed was like we'd go and sing songs and play games and but in bed and it was like kind of magical like as kids, it's only as we got older, we realized, oh, wait, there's <laughs> we'd have indoor picnics, which were fucking, were just awesome. We'd like put a blanket on the living room floor and we'd have this like picnic inside. And I thought it was so mad. I was like, I just thought everyone magic, did that. Yeah. And it was it was like trying to create these experiences and moments together. And it was only as an adult. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was in college and I was doing I, I first studied theater and I was doing a collective creation and we're talking about experiences. I'm like, yeah, when you have indoor picnics and everyone looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, you guys didn't have indoor picnics? And I was like, oh, right. My mom has agoraphobia. Oh, oh, right. I see. I see now. Like, <laughs> we have very different lived experiences, which, which is why it's so important to talk about it. Yeah. Because, and I think, yeah. yeah. I think we, every, like every family, there's something that is like yeah. unique to your family, right? And it doesn't have, it's not necessarily around mental illness or anything, but like we like, there's words that we use or whatever. And we're like, oh, and it isn't until you reflect as an adult. And I know, like, I know for myself, when I had my daughter, I was like, holy crap like I yeah. am looking at this whole being a parent thing and what my mom how my mom operated in the world as a parent like in a way different in completely different yeah. way and I it's it's remarkable that she didn't have the you know medical support that she needed and was able to or, or the emotional support she any needed. support really any support yeah. and I think or financial like it was a very yeah. lots of things we didn't like we grew up in poverty and like you're in a space where like we never we got to ex- still like always feel like there was some normality in our life even though it was very it could be very difficult but you can hold I think what sometimes people mm-hmm. like you can hold both anger and, and pride yeah like you can hold both things and realize like, well, why do I feel that way? And how do I rectify that? Or how do I understand that this is how this is and and find peace with that and be okay? And like sometimes, like, will it help to talk about that person about certain things? No. <laughs> like, yeah. But you can deal with it and yeah. you can change the way that you react to the world. Mm-hmm. But sometimes mm-hmm. you're like, you know what? This is as it is. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's it's about- been the hard lesson yes. in yeah. my 30s to learn where I've had big conversations where people are like, what if maybe that's just how it is? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. but OK, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Like, yeah. I don't have to fight it anymore. Yeah. yeah. There's a level of grace and accept, you know, there's a level like when grace and acceptance get to dance with each other, mm-hmm. you know, oh, I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. It's really lovely. It really is. Yeah. Was there a moment you know, because even just hearing. So, Sarah, you have children. Heather, do you have any children? I don't. Unless you count plants. I have very many plants. Well, I've <laughs> I've killed all my plants. So you are a much better plant. Right. Mom. I even killed a succulent. Didn't know you could, but I guess you can. But I keep my two children alive and still in my stepdaughters are thriving. But I like as a as a mother, Sarah, like it's interest. Like, was there a moment 
like I, what I've realized being even just a co-parent, step-parent, biological parent is you do, you suddenly have like this mirror and this like, you start getting glimpses of like, you know, kind of time travel back to when you were that age. Mm. And are there moments when you were younger where you look back and go that like where in the moment you were upset? And you go, I don't like this. And this feels different. And this isn't like my friend's house. And this is and like and this is because of this thing that I don't understand and no one understands. And then now you kind of have like a glimpse of it again where it comes up and you have it a completely different perspective and grace on it. Mm-hmm. Have you got like what kind of moments have come up for you in that specifically around mental illness? Because you guys also talk about it a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. I get when. With my my daughter's seven, and we grew up like our we our dad wasn't really involved when we were young, and so I have a very involved husband, and so seeing when I was a kid, seeing people with dads was weird. <laughs> so like, oh, you like to hang out with your dad? Interesting. <laughs> like, what is that like? <laughs> and then having my husband be so in love with our daughter and spend so much time. This is just going to be a cry fest. Sorry, ladies. (laughs) Just like having a partner who is 100% vested as a father and who like is giving Charlotte this extra, this, this figure that I didn't have. And I didn't realize how much I didn't have that until I saw what my daughter's getting and how amazing that is to have like this, yeah, to have a dad. And so those were moments as especially when she was around the age of three, because I think that's kind of I think that's when my parents divorced. Yeah. Just seeing a three year old and being like, wow, like my dad missed so much by not being with us. And it, it's like, again, it is what it is. And I think it's one of those things like back in the day, you know, dads worked and gave the moms money. And that was kind of how some a lot of society accepted when a, when a family was broken, I guess, or whatever the phrase was back then. But so, yeah, that was kind of that's been the biggest thing I've noticed with my kid where I'm like, wow, like having a supportive, involved dad is amazing. And so and realizing that your mom was doing so much of it on her own. She was doing it all. Yeah. Yeah. While also struggling, you know, silently and also vulnerably in front of you. Like you realize, too, like. I just had like a day, you know, yesterday where it's like my house is being is under construction. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to provide this like safe, magical place for my kids. And yet the electricity is going out. The the Wi-Fi is down. Like I'm trying to cook dinner in an air fryer and I got the one with too many buttons and nothing's (laughs) hitting right and nothing's working. And then I'm on the phone with Xfinity and I'm trying to do this and I'm trying to do that. And I just want to be this like happy, calm person. And I'm like melting down. And it's so vulnerable Mm -hmm. to have those moments where you're like, God, I feel like I'm just failing, but I have to put a smile on my face and you know that they see it. And, you know, and knowing then on top of all of that, that like, you know, your mom was experiencing something that she didn't understand mm-hmm. either and was just trying to make it yeah. magical for yeah. you both. I think one of the big things I do with my kid is like we talk like obviously we talk. I mean, Heather talk about mental health all the time. I talk about it all the time. Like this is not a conversation that is quiet in our house. We talk about, oh, my brain like, oh, do you need me to do this thing because it makes your brain feel better? OK, let's do let's put the dish this way because it makes your brain feel better. Like we're just talking about how we are and not in a like oh, you're feeling anxious today. Oh, like it's just another emotion, another feeling, another just way of being human. And so we talk, yeah, we talk about anxiety. We talk about stress. We talk about sadness. We talk about all sorts of things. And so I think she's seen me upset. She's seen me cry. She's seen me happy. Like I don't hide any of those emotions. Mm -hmm. I I hope that's a good thing. I feel like that is, that I'm showing that you can be a human that has all the feelings and you don't have to you don't have to hide away if you're feeling a, a hard emotion, which I don't know. Yeah. Which it wasn't always the case in a lot of people's lives. Yeah. I think that's and I think it's also it's such a hard thing to understand why. But I mean, stigma still oof, exists so badly now. But I think that's why it's like if we could start to change how we present things in the thing that comes into our homes, 
in whatever way or is on our phones or in our, like if we can start to have that conversation, continue to have that conversation, not just like one day a week as a mental or like we're doing this special for mental illness week. It's like one week out of the year we talk about mental illness awareness. Woo. I'm like, no, every day. And like, how do we continue to have those conversations? Because though we talked about it at home, my mom didn't want us to be labeled. And mm -hmm. in not wanting to be labeled, you actually get labeled other things instead. So it's like, oh, you just, you're, you're shy, or I'm like loud, or disruptive, maybe, or too much. Too much was a word I got a mm -hmm. lot. But instead of being able to, to identify, well, this is what this is, or that time that I, whenever I get like really overwhelmed when I was young, I would tear my room apart. And then my mom would like, okay, you have to put it back together. And it was just, oh, I was having a meltdown. But we didn't have, we didn't put words to it. Yeah. We weren't anything that was just, and so in not being able to have those, that language, we weren't actually allowing ourselves to find the best path. And I think now we're, we're having more language, but there's still stigma. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to be as open as possible. And even then I'd like, I was interviewing lawyers and I had someone, well, it's going to be extra hard for showrunners to work with you then. And I was like, what? coming in i was like excuse me i was like i was like svp at weber shanwick i was like i worked in advertising i like i was like a high level oh good for you and i was like well i'm not hiring you because <laughs> yeah. you can go fuck off oh privilege, but like i'm like nope. uh, yeah i was that's like appropriate that's what i felt and i i actually like i didn't end the conversation because it was was but i was crying mm -hmm. and i was like i never felt so small and like it made me think about <laughs> made me think about like why my mom wanted us not to have labels yeah, yeah. and then I, i'm just like but we need to talk about mm -hmm. it because i have people that i know that are close to me they're like oh like you talk like i don't know why you talk about it <laughs> and it's like is it part of your identity i'm like but i have to if i do, who will talk about it if the people who present as like no one would look at me and go, oh, I think you have a disability. And I'm like, yep, but I do. And this is how it affects me. I just hide it really well. I'm just a really good masker. And so. Which is also exhausting and takes yes. up so much physical, emotional and mental like bandwidth. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think when we start basis. to see that and start to have those conversations and realize that's what this is. It leads to other people go, well, what about me? And oh, and seeing themselves and being part of the conversation in a way that's not like we had a conversation with a wonderful advocate, disability advocate. That's like all the storylines we get are either we get institutionalized, we get fixed or we die. And yeah, I was like, yeah. awesome. <laughs> Great. <laughs> awesome. Or we have superpowers. Yeah. Every yes, person yes. is like we make people feel good about themselves and People like your 80s, use your superpower. You can like super focus like you. I can hyper focus like you don't believe. Yeah. But then I sit for 12 hours writing. Great for producers. Very bad for my, my body and my mental health. Right. Yeah. And also my bladder. My bladder is very unhappy with me. <laughs> and so I'm just like. And you're always hungry. And I'm always hungry. I'm always hungry. And I never pee. And like, yes, I could be like a camel, except it's going to will damage my body. Yeah. Please don't. <laughs> so we must, must stop that. Camels don't seem that happy, so we don't need to <laughs> do not. They we don't need to emulate the time. <laughs> Please don't be a camel. I don't need that. <laughs> You're just saying they're typing with a spit bucket. Like, yeah. She's on one. Let her go. She's got it going on. She's got a the great idea. <laughs> the strike's over. Let her run. These are right now. I mean, why am I on this podcast right now? This is the first day I should be writing, right? Like, I, I have to go back to typing. <laughs> No peeing. Never again. Oh Never my gosh. peeing well, it's, again. It's also, we've gotten, I, I think it's, I don't know. I, I Look, I'm just kind of like spitting words here. Speaking of camels, but I like, I don't know if this is like a universal thing. I obviously know it's a very American thing of mm -hmm. just like how we define productivity, yeah. you know, busy culture. I'm assuming it's not that different in, you know, certain areas of Canada and mm -hmm. Canada as a whole. But just that like, even I was having this discussion with a girlfriend of like, to some people, they need like the full day. They need the office space. They need mm. the the other people around them. They need to work in a group environment, in a group setting. They need little breaks throughout the day to be their most productive. Other people can be incredibly productive in a short amount of time mm -hmm. and like gets distracted by other people, gets emotionally, socially drained by mm -hmm. other people. Yeah. And this whole kind of one size fits all of like how we operate and how we work. I mean, obviously, when you go into a workplace, especially if you're on a team, you have to figure out something. Everyone's going to have to adjust and compromise. And, that, and that's the same for, I think, interpersonal relationships where it's like, 
if we could have those conversations in a professional setting of like, hey, this is what works for me. This is how my brain works. Mm -hmm. This is how it can help. This is where, you know, I'm going to like my performance might suffer. And that is just as parallel to, you know, friendships, familial relationships, romantic relationships. If you can come in and be like, hey, this is how my brain works. Like if I get distracted or you have to tell me the same story over and over, it's not because I'm not listening. It's just mm-hmm. that's how like yep. <laughs> that's how my brain works after five if I hadn't had a snack. Like mm-hmm. it, it's just yeah. if we could just talk about it. Oh, my. And also I what I would love is that we had a, a really fantastic guest on named Ava and she's a disability. So she's basically an autism consultant on a Broadway show that's coming out called How to Dance in Ohio. And it's an entire autistic cast and it's based on a documentary and it seems absolutely brilliant and I can't wait to watch it. But one of the things that she was talking about and I've talked about, like I was part of the Respectability Lab, which is a lab for entertainment professionals with disabilities. And we talk about, wouldn't it be nice if we collectively everywhere, all Mm -hmm. people did not have to disclose what they need, but that we always asked. Mm -hmm. And what they did is that every time they'd come back for rehearsals, every time they'd come back for something else, they would put something out and say, what are things that you need right now? So it could be I need to take breaks every hour or I need to make sure we have a very structured schedule that doesn't change too much or I need space that's not bright or whatever the thing is that you need or I have kids and I need to leave by four. Literally, whatever it is, we shouldn't we should be able to we should be asked instead of having to always Mm -hmm. advocate for ourselves and and then in in that case disclose. Mm -hmm. So I shouldn't have to tell you anything about myself if I don't want to. I could just say, I really need this, this, and this. And we should be creating spaces that, yes, there's compromise because sometimes people need different things, but could there be some a compromise in that instead yeah. of me taking, like, when I'm in a writer's room, like, going to the bathroom, which seems like way too much, but really I'm just, like, taking a little lap because my brain needs a, a little tiny break. But I, you know, but you don't feel comfortable asking for something different, right? But what's funny is back in the day, it'd be like cigarette break time. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Everyone needs a cigarette break. <laughs> I know people who weren't smokers <laughs> and started, started to smoke oh my just to go take breaks because they would get more breaks. Yeah, uh. yeah. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I know, but you know what you did not get a break for? Breastfeeding. How <laughs> <Nope>. dare you? <laughs> nope. I know. I know. Only smoking. It's great. Like, only smoking. You're like, I'm smoking ah, in the this good old room. days. <laughs> like, with my baby. <laughs> with this with my baby. Can I go feed my baby if I take a cigarette break? <laughs> it, it is. It is insane that, like, that. I love that idea of asking, like, what, what do you need? And obviously, there are, like, lines for that. Like, if someone's like, I need a massage chair. Well, and yeah. like, like, let's be realistic, but being yes. able to like need a breather or need to be able to like go have, you know, a 15 minute break. I mean, what yeah. I feel like there's some study, I forget, like some big fancy company that used to have like nap time. Mm. I forget, like, I forget what it was. I, I know like one of those, you know what pods. I mean? Where they have like nap yeah. rooms, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, there's a reason why they were seeing so many like 
you know, they were doing the studies to show that it was productive and it worked and it helped Mm -hmm. and it like made everything better. Going into to mental health and mental illness week, like I know you guys are very excited. What are some of the episodes that you guys are excited to specifically highlight within this week? What was important to you? And try and, and when it should be a year long yes. conversation, which for you guys it is, <laughs> for, for anyone who's kind of like jumping in this week, yeah. what what are you really looking forward to speaking on? Well, we have three episodes coming out. One's on mm-hmm. stigma One's on diagnosis, the journey to diagnosis, and one's on disclosure. All three of them are exactly what we need to talk about all the time. So yeah. I'm excited for people to just like, yeah, to listen to all of them. So those who don't know when Mental Illness Awareness Week is, because I didn't know when that was. We found, <laughs> we found out. out. <laughs> it's usually the first week of October. So this year it's October 1st, the 7th. It's leading up to World Mental Health Day, uh, which is a global event, I put in quotation marks, mm-hmm. on October 10th, but we wanted to put out something. So we have a ser- uh, an episode on October 3rd, 4th, and 5th. So we just thought for us to do this special, you know, why do one episode when you could do three episodes? <laughs> this is my ADHD brain. I'm sorry this, for uh, this uh, all the extra like, work. <laughs> okay, Heather, sure. Let's do that. Okay. I'll do all but that editing. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we, what we do, like we talk to experts, we talk to mental health experts. So we talk to amazing Amy Archibald Varley, who is a nurse and a health equity specialist. And she talks about like how stigma hurts everyone and how we can be al- good allies. And we talk about actually a really good episode of Atlanta talking mm-hmm. about men in mental health, especially black men in mental health. And that's fantastic. And then we talk to Dr. Lily Lee. That was during diagnosis. She's a clinical innovation director at a place. And we talked about like what to do when it's difficult to see a therapist because we don't get money or we don't have access to someone. The one thing we think COVID did give us was more access to digital healthcare, which is great, like telehealth. And then last one we talked to was an amazing psychiatrist or psychologist, sorry, from Australia. And they are talking about when and how to disclose, but just, you know, talking about their own journey with mental illness and their lived experience and how, what I loved, she said, is you don't have to tell people what you like what you have per se. You can just say what you need. And I just love that so much. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you guys so much for, again, like taking the time to really want to continue this conversation in front of microphones, like, and, and also as artists and storytellers, the fact that you both make sure that it's, you know, whether or not it has the like mental health or mental illness has the option to be the central piece of anything that either of you guys are doing both have been very vocal about the fact that it is always like some sort of string within the instrument that you guys are creating so I think that it's beautiful and the world does need more of that especially from artists and and coming from a place of truth as opposed to like any sort of like mimicking you know we need Mm -hmm. it to be on an honest representation yeah Yeah. and Agreed. And it's, yeah. So thank you guys so much for your time. And uh, where can my listeners follow you guys on social media? So if they want to continue uh, to follow you both. Well, you can follow the podcast at Brains, which is B-R-A-A-I-N-S podcast on all the social platforms. If you want to follow my editing work, you can follow me at Sarah Taylor Editor on Instagram. Yes. Yeah. I'm like female editor. Yes. <laughs> If you want to just see pictures of coffee and uh, <laughs> any dopamine related things and dopamine related <laughs> yeah. things, uh, you can follow me, Heather A. Taylor, on all the platforms. I sometimes talk about writing and sometimes mostly talk about just coffee. And anything. I'm going to need you to only talk about dopamine for a while. You'll oh my just goodness. be my main source. <laughs> all right. Dopamine facts. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. You'll be starting your book, your dopamine book. Oh, yeah. Now I have now. I mean, I have to do the dopamine book now. I don't think I know. One. Could I do a kid's dopamine book? That'd be fun. <gasps> the ABCs that would be amazing. Yeah. I love yeah. this. Yeah. I ABC dopamine. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Done and, and done. Already- All right. <laughs> I do like to ask my guests five final questions. It's kind of a conversation cool down. But with both of you, I'm just going to maybe we can go back and forth. So, okay. Sarah, I'll start with okay. you. Can you name something? Just the first thing that pops into your mind. You don't have to overthink it. Name something that you like. It's funny that my first thing that came to mind was coffee, even though I just wanted yes. a coffee spiel. But I have my large my large coffee that I'm still drinking from this morning. So, yeah, I'm going to say coffee. I love it. What kind of coffee do you drink? 
is I get an iced Americano with half and half. I, I, it I looks use, like a venti. Is that this venti? is a venti? Yeah. Wow. And you know what? This is my one. Mm, no, I I have a small cup at home in the morning, and then I get this on the way to the uh, to work, and then usually I have another. So I have a I have a lot of coffee. Edit editing. I respect me, that. The fuel of editing. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, it's fair. It's part of the job. Yeah, it is. It's part of the yeah. job. I also don't understand when people are like, I drink tea. I'm like, wow. What 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 that must be like? I don't understand that. <laughs> my office Maybe mate, one day I'll learn that language. My office mate's like, I'm going to bring in all my tea collection. I was like, good for you. I'm probably not going to drink any of it. Anyway. <laughs> Heather, what is something that you know? And it can be about dopamine. Oh, my goodness. Something that I know. Um, can I just say, like, I really know how to research well. Mm. Yeah. That Fact. is one of my favorite things to do. Yeah. I love She's that. Very good I, I too love just to go so many down rabbit a deep dive. So mm-hmm. many rabbit holes. Sarah, what is something that you hate? Ooh. Can I I simply want to say hate because of a lot of a lot of bullshit happening right now, especially across Canada. There's been a lot of hateful protests. And so I'm very much very hating the groups that are going out fighting against marginalized communities. It makes me very angry. My blood is boiling. Yep. That's a good one. Heather, what is something that you love that is not family, pet, really just something that you personally love? Mm, noodles. <laughs> I thought you were going to say dinosaurs. <laughs> I do like dinosaurs a lot. Noodles are good. What too. kind of shape of noodle? What noodle? All noodles, but really ramen noodles. Good That's answer. it. I had noodles earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. And then you both can say this last one. What is just a quirky little fact about you? Something silly. Ooh. I have one right away. You I'll do? Go. Okay. Well, yeah. Because, okay. So I immigrated to England after I won a contest on the internet. Yeah, she did What? Wait, what contest? <laughs> it was well, a contest, we'll it- okay, with a travel agency. And it was <gasps> like you could win working holiday visa through like, because we're Canadian, we got a longer, we got like a two-year visa. And I won the, like, they paid all the fees and stuff. And then I moved to England with no plan, just a backpack. And you were there what, 10 years altogether? Yeah, you're, yeah. And you're a citizen now. Wow. Yeah, I'm a citizen. Yeah. I got my master's there. And yeah. She just, and I, she just like, moved. Yeah. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, ran a theater company, was part of the Royal Court Theater Program. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, I love that's a great con. I've only won an Oreo stacking <gasps> contest. Don't know why we were stacking Oreos at a supermarket in Florida, how, but how tall was yours? Like how many? I, I think maybe even only like 17 or 18 Oreos wow. in like a couple seconds and it couldn't fall over and you just had to be precise. And what did I you win? I, I don't know. A t-shirt? Okay. A t-shirt. I was gonna say yeah. Oreos. I thought you I might know. I am sad. I wish I could still find that t-shirt. It's mm-hmm. literally just like Oreo stacking winner. Like who the, you're like, who? Why? Oh, I man. love that. Capitalism. I don't know if this is quirky or not, but it's it, it's kind of funny. I broke both my wrists once. I was running backwards at the same, at the same time. time. Running, running backwards. backwards. I was doing like this fitness program and then it was our like retesting day. So I'm like, I'm so fast. So we had to do this like sprint forward, sprint to the side, sprint backwards. And then I fell. And broke both. And I, my friend who was running the program is a sports injury therapist. So I said, hey, just pop those back in. Just pop them back in. And she was like, I'm just going to cover them up and we're going to call 911. <laughs> <laughs> and so I went to, yeah. So I was uh, cutting a sketch comedy show at the time. And so I couldn't finish season one, <laughs> the last uh-huh. episode. I had to hand it uh-huh. off to somebody else because I <laughs> could not do my job. She was also mm-hmm. supposed to visit me in England, yeah. where I was living at the time, mm-hmm. and uh, she did not come. She was like, I, was, I could do it. I was in surgery I, the day I was supposed to no. leave. Yeah. 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 No. no. And no, also, no, I'm like, no. I don't want to bathe you. So. Yeah. Though, <laughs> though our little sister did, because she loves me more. That's okay. <laughs> I'm down with no, that. No, she didn't bathe me. She did help me change. She was lovely. Thank you, Becky. That is very sweet. And then you're like, now I own all these clothes and I'm going to steal your clothes. Yeah. And yeah. I just had to break my wrist to do yeah. it. Oh, man. Well, no more running backwards, no, please. And even, no, I tell everybody, don't. Don't Never do again. Nope. Never nope. again. I need them wrists. <laughs> I can just imagine you just being chased. And you're like, nope, sorry, can't run backwards. <laughs> I got to turn around. I can yeah. only run forward. <laughs> it's like in Zoolander. Oh, I, man. Can't turn, I can't turn left. Well, I've learned a lot. Dopamine is everything. <laughs> and don't run backwards. Yep. And Heather, Sarah, thank you so much. <laughs> Everyone check out the Brains podcast. Thank you guys so oh, much. Thank you. This is so thank lovely. Thank you. Cast is hosted by me, Candace King. Produced by Melissa DeMonts and Diamond Imprint Productions. Edited by Diane Kang. Post-production sound by Coco Lawrence. 
and advertising partnership with ACAST.